Welcome back. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show. And oh my God. Oh my God. Um, I'm sitting here watching the Brewers game, okay? And I don't normally do this because we try to keep people to the radio and listening to the program. But Urias let off. The Brewers were down three to nothing after a half inning of play. Urias let off with a home run. Christian Yelich batting second off of Hunter Green. Yelich just took one just below the scoreboard to straightaway center field. He crushed that ball. Is Christian Yelich back? No. All smiles, that's for damn sure. But quickly, it's three to two, and the Brewers don't have an out in the bottom of the bottom of the first yet. But Yelich just crushed it. I mean, that was a no doubter. I mean, the minute it left the bat, and that was a missile. I don't think that thing got up very high. It wasn't like that mammoth blast we saw last night from Roddy Telez. This was a line drive that just got out. And it was it was about knee-high, knee-high fastball out over the plate. And it made it to damn near straightaway center field, hitting off of just below the scoreboard off of that black in the batter's eye. So the Brewers down 3-2, to two, but the, the big news is back-to-back homers for the Brewers to lead off their inning, and Christian Yelich, another one. Are we now starting to see what just maybe, just maybe a glimpse of what we saw a few years ago? That'd be great. As we just talked to Todd Rosiak a little while ago, do you expect, you know, the 2018-2019 version that hit 326 and, uh, you know, over 35 home runs and drove in close to 100? Yeah, I don't know if we can actually expect that. But just give us some, you know. You get three, four home runs in a couple of weeks, I'll take it. That's that's on the positive side, you know. So see what happens. Uh, 877-867-1670. By the way, the uh, leadoff bomb by Urias, that pitch from Hunter Green, hit triple digits. A 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He parked out of the park. Christian Yelich was a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. I've always said it's not how hard you throw. It's whether you got, you got movement. If you got movement on that pitch, get them. That's one thing. If you throw that ball 100, uh, 100 miles an hour on a string, <laughs> good night. Good night. You might as well just start start signing them and giving you know giving souvenirs to the fans. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Head us up if you want to choose to do so. Uh, like I said, coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes, we're going to talk with Kevin Holden from CBS 58 as well. Chiming in on the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. And we'll touch a little bit on maybe even on the Bucks. Uh, we've done a ton of Packers over the last few weeks. And I know the Packers reign supreme, but we got some Bucks to talk about. Bucks preparing for game three against the uh, Boston Celtics down at the Pfizer Forum coming up this weekend. So we're going to touch base on that. For sure. We'll touch base on that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Mark says, uh, do you think Brandon Woodruff will match his record from last year? Because if he does, the top of the rotation is going to be unbelievably dominant. We saw Freddie Peralta last night in that changeup working all over the place. Had a very solid outing. I, I think Woodruff has thrown the ball really well. I mean, what are we what are we looking at Woodruff for? As, as if to say Woodruff just isn't, you know, kind of... <laughs> living up to to expectation. Uh, you know, I mean, 
the game that they he threw against Cincinnati, five and two-thirds, gave up three runs. I get it. But he had 12 strikeouts in that game. They won the game. The last time prior to that, now he has not gone over six innings. That I'll agree with. No problem. But uh, because the only game he threw, I think, was six innings, was that 4-2 to two win that he threw against Pittsburgh. And he, only, he didn't give up any of the runs in that game. That was a fantastic outing. That was nine strikeouts. Nine strikeouts, only gave up one hit in six innings. That was the game where we were waiting for him to throw the no-hitter going into the seventh and listen to Ben Kenny go crazy that Craig Council was going to pull him out. Uh, prior to that, he uh, had a, uh, a shutout that he threw five scoreless innings against the Cardinals in which the Brewers won 5-1. to one. Really, the only hiccup for him, for Brandon Woodruff, has been the 9 to nothing start to the season where he just got shelled down in Chicago. So I, I don't I don't necessarily understand the question. You know? Uh-oh, here we go. Brandon says, don't speak too soon about Yelich. We might jinx him, and we don't want to do that. I I get it. I understand it. I just did not know. And it, Brandon, this is just me. I just didn't know that this show carried that much power. I'm glad we do. I'm glad we're thought of in that realm. I 100% agree with you, but I didn't realize that it was out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag. I didn't realize we carried that much power. We have the power to put the kibosh on a season. <laughs> um, Joe says, hey, love to dress up for the Kentucky Derby. My wife's all in, big flowered poofy dresses and big hats. I myself wear a small fedora, uh, usually black or white. Uh, not much in between. Uh, again, it's just, it's, the Kentucky Derby has become kind of the adult's version or the kid's version, if you will, if you want to go back to people that are 21 and older. Um, it's become that version of Halloween. Only without putting, you know, blood and gore all over your face. It's, women love to dress up and go out. Guys, we do it. We don't necessarily, I don't know of any guy who loves to wear a suit. Some guys love to look good. I get that. But I don't know anybody that want, that wakes up every day and goes, man, I can't wait to put a suit on. Can't wait every day to put a suit on. Different suit every day. Can't wait. I can't wait every day to get up, throw on some shorts, T-shirt, work out, just feel good, loungy wear, so to speak, and then just get work done throughout the day. I don't have to worry about getting clothes dirty. I don't have to worry about the shoes I'm wearing getting scuffed, none of that. I don't know anybody that want, loves to throw on a suit every day. That I don't know. Women? Ah, that's different. Women love the, uh, uh, like, like, like the uniform of the day is usually the, the spandex pants, the leggings, a, some type of a top or a jacket, and in the wintertime it's Uggs, and the summertime it's gym shoes. Especially now that they're, everybody's working from home. Women love that. Then when they go out or to work, where they do like to dress a little, little bit nicer, most of the part, when you go out, they love to get it on. Love to get it on. For an event like that, an all-day deal where you can do the makeup, you can do the hair, you can do the dress, you know, you're going to be you know, sipping mixed drinks, you're going to be looking cool, there's going to be pictures taken. Love it. Love it. Me? I'm all right. I could walk around in a T-shirt or, you know, a Harley shirt or something. I'm good to go. 
877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, do it. Uh, Nick says, I agree with you guys don't like to dress up. Guys want to be in sweatpants all the time. I'm not going in the sweatpants realm. Come on. I'm not going in the sweatpants all the time. I don't, I've got like two really comfortable, nice pairs of sweatpants. I don't, maybe once a week at the most. And that's only if it's cold. Most of the time it's shorts and, you know, whatever. But I'm not, I, I don't do the sweatpants. Sweatpants, you know what sweatpants are? They remind me of the episode of Seinfeld where they just said George Costanza wearing sweatpants all the time. It's kind of like you just gave up. You're just done. You know? Uh, Pac fan says, I take it you and the uh, the wife aren't going to the derby party? No, we're going to a derby party, actually. Yes. I never said I like. I like going to the parties. I'm not a big fan of the dress-up. She is. Oh, I'm Kristen's probably right now shopping online somewhere, having something overnighted and delivered, looking for big hats and everything. But, yeah, we're going to a, a derby party. We're going to um, – there is an event that is uh, for a charity called All My Friends on Saturday. And on Saturday – it's out at um, in Cedarburg. I think it's at Rebellion. There's a place called Rebellion. It's a bar and brewery, microbrew. Uh, it's at Rebellion, but what the, it's all up and down that river area right there, because where the river is, they drop these ducks. You buy a duck, whether it's a business or a person or whomever, you buy a duck, and whatever the number is, you buy the number, and whatever it costs, I don't know. They put but but for everybody that buys one, that you get a duck, and the duck then goes into a bin. And then they stand on the bridge and then they dump the ducks. You know, they do the call with the, you know, the bugle. They do that. And then they dump the ducks and then the ducks race down the water. And then the first duck to cross the finish line, they fish out. And that number is the winner. And if it's your duck, then you win a nice prize or whatever. And that's how they raise a lot of money for the charity called, uh, um, for the charity called all my friends and all my friends, uh, Kristen is on, on one of the board members and all my friends' uh, charity, they build sensory rooms and playgrounds and such for kids with autism. Uh, so we're doing that. Yes, we're going to that. There you go. But, uh, yes, they're dressing up. I'm I'm going to go kind of half casual, half and half. I'm going to be like the uh, half man, half minotaur, you know, half horse. I'm going to go jeans, decent shoes, though. I got some fly-ass shoes. Oh, I've got some fly-ass shoes. That match the jacket that I'll be wearing with a white shirt and a pink bow tie. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Well, that's just a glimpse into my life. I don't know if it's good or bad or pathetic or whatever. Uh, David says the office used to be dress up Monday through Thursday and then, you know, casual Friday. It's evolved Monday through Thursday. Uh, now, cas- uh, it's it's evolved to Monday through Thursday is now casual Friday, and Friday is dressed like crap day. <laughs> Truthfully, I kind of like it. See, David, though, you're a guy. You're a guy. That, I mean, even Kristen works in banking. Even Remember when bankers, when you used to get up, you know, you used to get up, and you would go to the bank, and the banker was sitting back there either in the three-piece suit or the suit, you know, the pants matched the jacket. And the shoes were shined, and the hair, and the, everything was perfect, and they had cufflinks, and they would come walking out, and they would greet you, how are you doing? And then they, you know, that was an important job, man, managing your money. You looked it. And the women and the tellers and such behind the glass, they were just, they were snappy, man. They looked good. They were dressed up. They looked professional. They looked efficient. They presented themselves as such. Now, 
You don't know at some banks whether or not you're giving your money to criminals. You know, you just don't. You don't know what the hell you're doing. If I walk into my bank and my bank looks as if everybody just woke up from a night bender, I'm not leaving my money there anymore. That ain't happening. They could be the most respectable people there are. But if you're presented poorly, that ain't happening. But it is, you're right. It is more casual Friday all the time now. It's what they call the business casual. And business casual used to be like, you know, a pair of khakis and dress shoes and a dress shirt and, and a, like a, a sport coat, you know. Now business casual is a dress shirt. Maybe you're going to tuck it in. Maybe you won't. And a pair of jeans with decent shoes. That's what it is now. Nothing wrong with that, though. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's do this. Kevin Holden, our good buddy from CBS 58, probably hanging out down at the ballpark. Going to talk with him about this Brewers power surge. In addition to that, we're going to talk with him a little bit about the Milwaukee Bucks as they get ready to take on the Boston Celtics game three coming up uh, on Saturday, 2.30 tip time down at the Fiserv Forum, downtown Milwaukee. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. This portion of the program being brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Head over there now. Cinco de Mayo, burritos all day, tacos all day, and they got the game on. I know that for a fact because I just saw them pop up on Facebook, and they've got a little bit of a party going on over there. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Sit outside on the deck, grab a cigar, watch the lake and the boats go by, and then uh, stare inside through the windows, and you're good to go watch the game. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. If you're looking for a great place to work, try Pindell, a global machining manufacturing company right here in our own backyard. And if you're looking to do business with somebody right here in your own backyard, keep the money in the state. Go to Pindell, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, Pindell.com. That is Pindell.com. Joining us now on the hotline, our good buddy from uh, CBS 58 here in Milwaukee. It's uh, uh, Kevin Holden. Kevin, are you at the ballpark? No, no, I, uh, I, I'm actually sitting one out. I went as a fan last night and uh, and had so much fun that I slept in a little late today. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Well, you saw a good one last night. Holy mackerel, uh, mackerel. Rowdy Telez just went wild. He, the funny thing is, Telez had eight runs batted in, and that still wasn't the majority of the runs. <laughs> right, yeah. that's eight, eight was a week for this offense not too long ago. And uh, – you know, as a team. And now, yeah, they're, they're, they're putting up the runs. And I, I mean, I have to kind of look at this Brewers start to the season in, in sort of two different uh, lenses. In other words, there's, you know, there's Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and to an extent, Chicago, these teams in the central that are the bad teams. Right. And, and so the, the Brewers look really, really good when they face those teams. And, they, and look, it's hard to, to win a, game in the major leagues that matter who you're playing they'll take those wins they still count uh but uh i i have to kind of file it away a little bit uh and if they can keep you know scoring these runs and rowdy can keep you know having this good streak against you know some other teams in the national league that'd be fantastic no offense to the reds it's just a it's a rough year for them the reds stink 
I don't know how else to put it. I mean, their pitching is awful. They don't throw strikes consistently. Um, you know, I was it was funny because I was talking to Todd Rosiak about this earlier, and we were discussing this yesterday. You know, Derek Johnson and Lee Tunnel left Milwaukee to go to Cincinnati with a really good record and a lot of positivity. Many people thought they were kind of like the pitching whisperers. And instead, it's been just an absolute train wreck. Now, I know they got rid of guys like Sonny Gray and such, and they really kind of depleted their their team when it came to the talent. But sometimes, is it systemic? Sometimes when you look at just the pitching, because the Brewers really haven't skipped a beat. The Brewers have been just as good, if not better. And Cincinnati, for the guys that they picked up who were supposed to be the pitching whisperers, they've still been terrible. Yeah, that's it's interesting because I did not – think it was going to go that way when uh, when Derek Johnson left uh, after 18 when the Brewers had finally found their stride from a pitching standpoint I thought oh man that's there's a disagreement there and I'm a little worried that Derek Johnson's the guy that's gonna you know make these guys good the fact that they've kept that going is I mean it's fantastic and I think part of it is is uh, you know attributed to uh, analytics and stuff like that the way you you use analytics for some of these pitchers is pitch usage using a certain pitch more, you know, having it thrown in certain situations, that sort of thing. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's helped them sort of change the philosophy of how these guys work, how they operate. And that's helped. But I also think maybe this was just a case of really good talent coming through the minor league system. You know, Corbin Burns was an instant impact guy when he came up in 18. Brandon Woodruff has been an impact guy pretty much since day one. And I mean, I don't know. I think if Burns and Woodruff had come up in a different era, they would also have been fine. They would have been impact guys. But, uh, yeah, I, I just I thought that Derek Johnson's departure was going to be a major problem for this team. And you're right. It, it has not been. It's been quite the opposite. 44 runs, 51 hits, 14 home runs in the last five games at American Family Field. It's just an amazing statistic. Uh, do you attribute it more to the fact that the offense is back? Or the fact that the offense is doing what it's supposed to do, and that's feasting on bad pitching at home. Yeah, I think I think you could take that pie and divvy it up in about four equal slices, which is, uh, you know, I think they were due first of all. I thought I thought they were better uh, from a talent standpoint than they were showing offensively early, and I think that's come around. I think they're facing bad pitching, and that's a part of it. And uh, and I also think the first couple of weeks of the season might turn out to be an anomaly just because of the weird off season that baseball had with the lockout with uh, the, the missed time and the super short spring compared to what the guys are used to. It was like half as much time as what they're used to. Uh, that'll affect pitchers. I would have thought more than hitters, but maybe it will be hitters that, uh, that just needed the at bats to, to get hot. So I don't know. It's, you know, it, it's all those ingredients together. It's uh, everything turning their way at the same time. And, Man, you know, you it's it's like eating soup with a fork. It's you know, you don't know how in the world you're doing it, but if you're doing it, you're you're at least getting something. Right. Um, let me also ask you about the pitching. Um, as much as we know about Corbin Burns and Woodruff's been great since his you know horrific start in Chicago, and we know that Josh Hader's fantastic and he's been throwing extremely well. The unsung hero, a guy like Gott, a guy like Eric Lauer, uh, Freddie Peralta's performance last night, I thought was really really solid. It seems like in that area. Uh, you know, Trevor Gott, I mean, he's got a 193 ERA. He's got a .64 whip. He's thrown the same amount of innings as Josh Hader. His whip is exactly the same. I mean, you look at some of the guys that are starting to come up and really starting to contribute. It, it The pitching staff, for as much as we talk about the hitting coming around, the pitching staff has been next to dominant. Yeah, and it's it, it's been deep. I mean, that's the thing is when you get, uh, you know, a good closer and some good starting pitchers, that's a, that's a good foundation. 
And then when you get the Trevor Gotts of the world uh, to do what they've been doing, then it becomes, you know, that's gravy territory. That's bonus territory. And remember that last night uh, when Peralta left the game and, and Gott was in, he was in right off the right off the bat. First reliever is the, in the sixth inning. That game was not as out of hand as it got. It was a closer game. So uh, that was a, it's not a high leverage situation, but it was, you know, a planned thing on Craig Council's part. He's confident going to Trevor Gott in that situation. Devin Williams has looked better, uh, filled in for Hader earlier in the series. And, you know, if you've got options like that out of the bullpen to combine with those starting pitchers, I mean, it's a dream for Council. Like, it's, there's almost no bad buttons to push there right now. There's just a whole lot of good buttons and, uh, you know, Council can save pitchers that way. He doesn't have to burn guys out if he's got so many good options. In the grand scheme of things, Brewers obviously leading the division right now. It really has just become a two-team race at this point. I mean, the Brewers and the Cardinals, and other than that, it's about it because we all know the other three teams in the division, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Cincinnati, stinks. Now, I look at it as this portion of the competition coming up. They're traveling to Atlanta. This this is a pretty solid test. Even though Atlanta's not leading the division, Atlanta's still a good team. They're six games behind the Mets. Uh, and they're up under 500. I understand that. But this is a pretty good test for them, wouldn't you say? Oh, 100%. Because Atlanta is a lot like Milwaukee was in those first couple weeks. Things haven't quite gone their way. And, you know, the, those that are prone to, to overreaction get a little angsty about that. But, you know, you're patient with the Brewers and you're starting to see the reward for that. I think the same sort of thing is happening there. There's all kinds of talent in Atlanta. They lost Freddie Freeman, but they gained Matt Olson, and they've got great pitching. So, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be really good for them, I think, to go back there. And, of course, remember the memories uh, of the last games that they played uh, last year were losses in the playoffs in Atlanta. So I, I just I can't think that you would put that completely out of your mind. I think when you get into the same clubhouse in the same city and the same hotel and whatever – that, uh, that you're going to remember last October. So it'll have a little more charge than the typical regular season game, and that's going to be perfect for the Brewers at this time of year. Are you surprised by the separation right now? You look at the East, you look at the West. The West is, is very competitive, but you look at the East, you look at the Central. The separation between the haves and the have-nots, kind of ugly. I mean, when you talk about teams over 500 or better, it's it's few and far between. And the fact that you're going to be playing so much of this, what would be considered poor competition, I guess, when you look at this, I mean, the Brewers obviously a very good baseball team, and they should have a, a winning record. How how much do you give it to the fact that they're beating up on the bad teams? They're beating teams that are five hundred less than five hundred, and because that's what you're supposed to do. I you know I can't sit here and make excuses and say, well, they're only beating the Reds and the Pirates. Well, that's what you're supposed to do if you're a really good team. Yeah, you play the schedule that you have, right? I mean, and, and it will it will balance out. Another, if you're, um, uh, let's say you're, you know, I don't know, you're St. Louis. That's a that's a great comparison. If you're St. Louis. You're going to play that same schedule. You're going to play Chicago and Pittsburgh and Cincinnati that same number of times. Like it's going to balance out. So it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's a um, it's a good thing that they that they're winning games against anybody, and it is probably easier against these teams that are so bad to start the year. My <clears throat> excuse me. My concern uh, has more to do with baseball's competitive balance in general because we just went through this in the lockout. This attempt to try to restore some things to the game when it comes to, you know, competitive balance and, you know, having 30 teams that try and that sort of thing. And, you know, you have front offices that are better and some that are worse at certain things. But uh, being better at saving money doesn't equate to 
just dumping a bunch of good players. I mean, that's, that's one way to save money, but it doesn't bring a good product to the field. And I think like these light attendances in Oakland and Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, that it tells you that those fan bases are done with it. And I think if that being brought to light early in this season like this, right after a lockout is a big boost. I think, uh, you know, that those that want that competitive balance, you can see why it's necessary in the game today. It really needs to happen. Really, I got to ask you before we switch over to Bucks real quick. Uh, what did you think of the Madison Bumgarner situation and the home plate umpire staring him down and rubbing his hand the entire time? Man, it, ugh. like you, it's. I understand that's a difficult job, uh, just because you are every night in the heat of action of a professional event. I mean, I get it, but that is a, an umpire has to have a, a certain kind of demeanor, right? Like those, these are things that have to happen. And I get that they get attacked. I get it. They get, they get, you know, verbally attacked. They get people that are in their face or whatever. But, man, when you when in the position of an umpire, when that happens, and I go in this morning when I wake up, and the first thing I see, you know, in my, you know, here's the news of the day on your phone, and, and the title of the article is, uh, Major League Baseball should ban this umpire, or at the very least suspend him. When, they, when that says that, when that's the first line, of an article, mm-hmm. it's not good for the profession, right? Angel Hernandez is bad at making calls, but this is a different level of bad. This is something that affects the integrity of your profession. And uh, I, yeah, I just, I, as you can tell, I'm very much not in favor of it. I don't want to see it. Uh, real quick before I let you go, now I got to ask you uh, game three coming up down at the Fiserv Forum. And uh, I wanted to ask you, give me your thoughts and your feeling as the Bucks go into this contest coming up on Saturday. So, I, man, game one to me, was one of their best statements since, since the finals and since the Eastern Conference finals last year. Like, this was uh, – no one was giving them a chance, really. Middleton was out, and the odds makers were saying it's 70% that Boston will win or whatever. And the Bucks didn't just win that game. It was, it was not a contest. It was a blowout. Now, they got it handed to them in game two. But I think you can isolate it and take what, what worked in game one from a momentum standpoint and bring that back here for games three and four. Now, this is the, the other thing that uh, I'll kind of be watching for is when do these fans get packed into that Deer District again and start bringing that atmosphere back to downtown because that was the MVP of this whole thing last summer. That was Milwaukee showing the world what it was, what it was capable of. So I hope that uh, I hope this is the start. I hope that those first two games got fans to the point where they're going to turn out better weather. Going to talk to Drew about that. And then we'll get these guys out there. And I think the Bucks will respond to that as well. I think they'll they'll win this series in six. I really do. There you go. Kevin, always good, buddy. Go back to watching the game. Christian Yelich with yet another double, by the way, down the line. So he is two for two with a home run and a double so far. Big stuff for the Brewers. Kevin, we'll talk to you soon, pal. Bill, appreciate it. Thanks, as always. See you, buddy. There you go. That's Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us for a couple of minutes. Brewers now on top, 6-3. to three. After starting out 3 to nothing after a happening of play, they have then come back, tied it up after one, and in the bottom of the second, they have now gone up 6-3. to 6-3. Three. Six to three. Brewers just ripping it. There you go. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. By the way, it was Adamas. Uh, Yelich hits the double. Yelich doubled to right. Uh, Peterson then scored, and Adamas just went yard. So it's now six to three as the Brewers. It just Yelich is just rocking, man.
Just knock on wood. Just knock on wood that it continues on. This portion of your program brought to you by TheNiceAsh.com. Go to TheNiceAsh.com, downtown Waukesha, 323 West Main Street. Uh, uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. They're taking the bell. I don't know what they're doing with it, but they're taking the bell off down there in the Brewers' dugout. Adamus is taking the bell, handing it to uh, handing it to Woodruff for whatever reason. I don't know if what they're going to do to it, if they're going to start ringing that thing incessantly and driving people nuts like a cowbell, but nevertheless, it is what it is. Uh, good day today. Really good stuff. Let's do this. We're going to stay tuned, take a quick break, come back. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. How we looking? If you're the Brewers, you're looking pretty good. You started out kind of swallowing hard, going, what's going on? Uh, Hauser gave up three runs in the first. After that, it settled down. But uh, the Brewers have bounced back big time. Uh, they now lead 6-3 to three in the top of the third. Uh, here's something to think about. I always talk about 4.2 runs per game, right? And if you go to 3.9, eh, it's not great. 4.2 runs per game on average per a season will win you a lot of games. Correct? We're all nodding our head together, right? Think of, think of Cincinnati. Cincinnati is barely averaging over three runs a game. 3.08 runs per game. That's it. Their pitching staff stinks, but that's all they're doing offensively. They got a few guys that hit, but beyond that, 3.08 runs per game. They are on pace to shatter shatter the records. And I, I kid you not. They are uh, on pace to shatter the records of the 1962 Mets. The worst team in Major League Baseball history. They're not on pace to match it. They're on pace to shatter it. to shatter all the records that the that the worst team in Major League Baseball history ever set, and that was the 1962 Mets. That's saying you're, – you're now not just bad, you are beyond historically bad. That's how bad they are. Man, it's a bad baseball team. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. By the way, so Ben Kenny back with us as he ran down the hall. They had to get prepared for tonight's Kenny and Halprin show. Ben, can you now tell us who the guest is tonight starting at 6 o'clock on many of these same stations? Uh, yes, I can. No uh, drum roll sounder, unfortunately, but Wisconsin basketball head coach Greg Gard. Just finished up an interview with him, with Zach. He's coming on about 6.30 probably. Awesome. I'll be listening to that on the way home. Heading back into my neck of the woods. So I've got that to look forward to. So there you go. So uh, Greg Gard. Did you tell Greg we said hi? Uh, I neglected to. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No, it, 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 it didn't. Kind of, it, the, the conversation, we, we talked a lot of uh, – State of college sports, NIL transfer yeah. portal stuff, which is really interesting. And he has an event coming up on Saturday, guarding against cancer, that he's been putting okay. on for years. Big fundraiser at the Cole Center. So talking about okay. that, talking about the team. 
all that good stuff. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested, uh, now uh, granted he's putting on a great cause out at the Kohl center coming up on Saturday. Um, but I'm more interested in hearing, um, uh, about his thoughts on the NIL pay for play type of situation in the transfer portal and such. So I, I, I think that's, that's fantastic. Oh, by the way, they took the bell down because the bell is now broken. When Adamas hit the home run and they started ringing it, the bell broke apparently. So they're now taking it down to fix the bell. I was I was like, uh oh, the bell's going somewhere. Look out. But that's the reason. When they, when Adamas rang it, did you ever see that? Did you see the bell up close and personal when they show the guys ringing it? It's held up with zip ties. Yeah. It's not like the, the, the bell is like welded to something. It's it's not the Liberty Bell sitting at the end of the dugout. It's it's like tied around a pole with zip ties and they busted the damn thing. Well, there is a Liberty Bell joke here, but I don't know what it is. But there is some some joke to be made. Um, I don't know. I don't love the whole bell thing. Uh, by the way, this just in. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting the NBA suspending Memphis's Dylan Brooks for Game 3 against Golden State. Um, that's according to sources. But because of that hard foul and then getting ejected. Um, and on Peyton Jr., um, he is now being suspended for one game for Game 3 coming up against Golden State on Saturday. So that's just now breaking in the uh, in the world of the NBA as well. So there you go. Speaking of the NBA, did you see Luka Doncic turn around and begin to go after a, a fan last night? No. As he was leaving the floor? Yeah. No, I was asleep by then. Yep. He will not say what the fans said. Uh, there's there's video of this out there everywhere, as there is of almost anything. But the Mavericks lost last night, 129-09, uh, 109. And he uh, said the fan used, quote, reckless – language he won't say what he said but it caused Doncic to turn around and the security people were right there I mean they were all over there was two guys suits and ties security guys and another gentleman that they all three grabbed Luka Doncic and kind of pushed him just keep going keep walking away and eventually got him down the tunnel but um and then they went over I don't know if they grabbed the fan and escorted the fan out or what happened to the fan but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, he, he ended up going on to say, and he doesn't have the best of language, uh, English language. He said, we're people, man. It's normal to turn around and get mad when he was asked about what the heckler was saying. Uh, it occurred uh, at halftime when the Mavericks were leading by a couple of points. The team couldn't hold on to the lead in the second half, and the Suns, led by the veteran guard Chris Paul, who exploded for 71 points in the final two quarters to take the uh, game two win. But, uh, yeah, Doncic had to be restrained. Uh, from going after a fan. Uh, and the, and you know what? When you go up those tunnels into those areas you walk through and the fans are right there, they're standing on the same floor, you can reach out and touch them. And guys are yelling. Now, this guy was standing there in a Devin Booker jersey. Uh, so, clearly, he wasn't a Dodgers fan by any stretch of the imagination. But, uh, yeah, he had uh, turned around and started to go after him. And it was had to be withheld from security, so to speak. But I never did find out if the fan was then escorted out. If a fan gets personal and gets completely vulgar, I'm all for them being tossed out. Absolutely. Uh, we got a final segment of this program coming up. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show to get to. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. That's Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Sean and the gang, go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. From Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everywhere in between, whether it's epoxy flooring, polyurea coatings, different colors, different finishes, even paint the room they're doing the floor in. They can do it all. But you got to get a hold of them. 
He's right now he's doing the Dockhound Stadium out in Oconomowoc, trying to get that stadium ready to go for the baseball season. But call him, 262-443-2852. Really good people. I trust them because they've done the uh, the floor in my house and my gym, and everybody that comes over loves that thing. But uh, call Sean, 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Again, epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Dot com. Stay tuned. Final segment of the Bill Michael Show up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. have you back bill michael show final segment before we get out of here and uh, the brewers right now um they continue uh tyrone taylor just went yard seven to three brewers now seven to three and it's uh, only bottom of the third this may be another this may be another 10 win game but our 10 run game by the way the bell is back did you see that ben i don't have it on i don't know i'm oh. not a big bell guy Okay, the bell is back. Just yeah. throwing it out there. It's becoming a folk hero. The bell's got its own mind now. <laughs> think they should take the bell on the road? Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I think they're going to take the bell on the road. It's gimmicky. Am I crazy for thinking that? I think it's really gimmicky. Well, now it's it, – remember, Boston started it when they were rolling guys down in the laundry cart. And now you've got the hat. You wear the hat, uh, that fedora. Oh, the Phillies had that. I thought it was so stupid. Uh, so the hat is now running down the, the dugout. Uh, you've got the – there's like a big medallion. I, one of the teams has this big, like, gold chain with a medallion. They throw it around your neck, and you run down and do the high-five thing. Uh, oh, my God. I think it's – is that Keston Hira? I think Keston Hira just went yard. Yep, Keston Hira just took one out of the ballpark. Holy hmm. crap is – is Cincinnati's pitching bad? Stop the count. My God, this is ridiculous. This is like batting practice. <laughs> Holy crap. This is just this is just really bad. I dropped Hunter really Green bad. for my fantasy team yesterday, too. Did you? I, I was having yeah, no I, part of today's game. You're probably gra- glad you did. No Hunter part. Green, by the way, has given up eight runs. Eight runs, and he's not even out of the third. Eight runs in two and two-thirds innings. A four-seam fastball for 94 miles an hour, and Keston here just put it over the fence up into the uh, loge level uh, of left field. Holy mackerel. Uh, so the bell, apparently, uh, from what I'm getting, I, I texted a buddy of mine down at the ballpark, uh, said the bell needed to be tightened up. Speaking of bell, here comes David Bell out of the field. The Reds version of the bell. <laughs> uh, but they needed to tighten the bell up because there's been so many home runs, the thing's falling apart. So they had to tighten it up. So there you go. That was it. 
God, are they just – I. Wh- what do you say? Do you say, God, Cincinnati's just a bad baseball team or the Brewers are just making this, this major league team look like, at best, a little league team? Oh, I think it's both. I mean, I and too many comparisons to golf, but if you had a couple of shots in golf that are really good, it carries over. Like they're making them look like the worst team to ever wear a baseball uniform, but mm-hmm. I don't. They're also an MLB team, and hopefully this can carry over. Uh, just an FYI, I put it out there a little while ago. I didn't mention it on the air. I just wanted to see what happened, so I put it out there and I asked the question. I just said, "Hey, Packers fans, are you starting to look into travel? Lo- uh, you know, traveling, travel, you know, things to go to London." And the first two or three responses I get back are yes. And the first thing is listed as price. The second thing is pubs. Both both guys had responded like right away. Both of them uh, said pubs. Uh, one said fish and chips, uh, Guinness. The other one said darts, fish and chips, Big Ben, beer. <laughs> so, it's not even, yeah, I want to go see the game. I want to be be there for this. You know, none of that. It's just, you bet. Hey, there's more places to drink in London. Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Brewers fans just, oh, my goodness. Just, oh, yeah, we're going to go over there. We're, we got a place to drink. I know that in London, by the way, there is a, a Packers bar. I don't know where it's at, but there is a Packers bar in London. You know? Uh, 8, uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Um, Mark says, did you hear what uh, Colin Cowherd said about the Packers? Congratulations on winning a bad division. Somebody has to win the Pac-12, too. Oh, that's a shot. Valid shot, I will add. Yeah, that's a shot. Uh, over the last two years, I would have to agree with him. Because the opportunity and everything you've wanted has been right there ahead of you, and you haven't been able to grab it. It's, I, I get it. People don't like it, but it's pretty true. When you've had it all lined up, you got exactly what you wanted. You got a you got a home game. You got fans in the stands. You got cold weather. You got snow. It looked like a snow globe. You got everything you could have possibly wanted. And you had a wide open Alan Lazard for a first down late in a ball game. And you had a wide open Aaron Jones two years ago. You had a wide open Alan Lazard again in that particular game. And instead it was uh, three straight passes both both times uh, going to Devontae Adams down the sideline. And across the middle when he was double and triple covered, and it just didn't work out. So, I, you can't. I, I don't know. You can't. Uh, you, you can't argue with that. I get it. Uh, Trent Rosecrans. I don't know if you follow him over on Twitter. Trent Rosecrans. He is the columnist f- that covers the Reds for this for uh, the Cincinnati Enquirer. He said last night somebody texted me wondering if the Reds could actually lose. And go three twenty one, matching their three and twenty two record. Uh, he says it doesn't seem out of the question today. I the reason I bring him up. Remember, uh, it wasn't David Bell. It was uh, oh god, I can't remember the guy's the the manager's name at the time. C. Trent Rosecrans was the reason that that manager melted down. The when he had the epic meltdown at Miller or then Miller Park, now American Family Field. When he had that, how does that benefit the Reds? God, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I can't remember that manager. They finally canned him. 
Oh, uh, Price. David Price. I uh, see. I, the reason I bring it up is because of C. Trent, C. Trent knows, uh, Rosecrans. He's he's a really good columnist, but he was the guy that started to ask the question, and that's what David Price went nuts and just just had one of those epic rants for a manager prior to a game, sitting in his uh, sitting in his office, just went bananas. There you go. Brian Price, Brian Price, not David Price, Brian Price. Thank you very much. All right, that's it. That'll do it. Don't forget, 5 o'clock tonight, it's the uh, Bud Light live stream, happy hour live stream, live from Road America and Victory Lane. And then at 6 o'clock on many of these same stations, you got uh, Heilprin, or excuse me, Kenny and Heilprin coming up tonight with special guest Greg Gard. Good stuff. We'll be back at it again tomorrow, and we'll be talking about this Brewers sweep, and then they're off to Atlanta after this on a getaway day. Time for us to go. Have a go. Soup. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.